Uh, thank you so much for all your patience. Uh, I know it's been a while, and we are really sorry we haven't gotten more content out, and myself included in that. There have definitely been a lot of hurdles just trying to get to these points, but with that being said, we are excited to be back, and we had this interview kind of sitting in the tank for a long time, and it's with an absolutely amazing creator named Sean Gardner, and his amazing uh, graphic novel soon to come out um, that we want to tell everybody about and hope that they can help support as well. Uh, the book is called The Boy with Nails for Eyes. This is um, something that we've talked a little bit about on previous shows before. And now we actually got to sit down with the creator. So it is an absolutely amazing interview that we got to have with Sean. We uh, cannot thank him enough for what he did and for getting this to all work out. And we want to just make sure that it is here for you guys to hear about and to go and support this project. Uh, right now, you can actually go to unbound.com. U-N-Bound, B-O-U-N-D.com. And you can actually just type in his book, uh, Boy, The Boy with Nails for Eyes. And you can go and fu help um, fund this project. It is a crowdfunding site for this graphic novel. And once you get your hands on what's here and you can see some of these uh, art clips and what he's doing and what he has planned for this project, it's absolutely amazing. And I know... Everybody who listens to the show and supports our show is going to love what he has for it. So uh, please go and check out this amazing work that he's being uh, really self-producing and self-publishing here for himself. But uh, we're hoping to give him a little love here, uh, get the word out about this amazing project, The Boy With Nails For Eyes. And we hope you guys enjoy the show, man. Uh, don't forget to follow us, uh, uh, Comics for All. We are on Twitter, Instagram at uh, All for Comics. So uh, please, if you would, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and wherever you find or wherever you download this show, uh, we do appreciate the support. Thank you for being patient on waiting for these episodes and more to come very, very shortly. Uh, we are excited to be back. And also, just a quick shout out to uh, NAMI.org, man. Don't forget to um, support those uh, with all your friends and family who are looking for support with mental illness out there in the world. And you can go and do that at NAMI.org, man. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for your time and enjoy the show. Awesome. So now that we have our juice boxes, our <laughs> alcohol, and we now know Sean Gardner, our guest today, is going to be lying to us about everything happening in the UK and Scotland. Uh, welcome to Comics for All, everybody. Um, we have a nice special sit down today. Um, we were very lucky to get our times lined up and finally sit down with an amazing artist that we've talked about on the show before. Um, and we decided to reach out and through the amazing Twitterverse, we've actually made this thing work to get him here with us um welcome to the show sean gardner man thanks for stopping in today and uh having a sit down with us man no worries really happy to be here thanks for having me no that's amazing uh no thank you it's a uh, it's one of those things man we're we're this little podcast that thinks we can and every time we get someone you know like yourself to sit down with us we're like we can do these amazing things look at us <laughs> out there <laughs> well except for oh, minutes Except for the few minutes that aren't, you know, giggling. Ah, no. It's all good. I got the first like 10 minutes of our conversation there. So I have it all for blackmail on you guys later. So it's great. Shit. <laughs> God damn. Thank you for keeping me out of politics. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, Sean, um, thanks for stopping in, man. Uh, and we wanted to mainly talk about your new crowdfunding project, uh, the boy with nails for eyes and just mm-hmm. what an amazing piece of work you have here. So, uh, if you would, man, give us, give us a little talk about it, man. And, uh, where can people find it? Where can they help you, uh, fund this thing? So the boy and else fries is a dark fantasy. It's about a young kid called Bobby who falls in love with someone that he's never seen. Um, but it's also, it's going to be a huge epic fantasy. Uh, this is just the first volume of a story that I hope is going to run to over a thousand pages. Um, right now, the first part of it is crowdfunding at Unbound. The website is uh, unbound.com. You can search there for The Boy With Nails For Eyes. You could probably search for it on Google and it'll come up. But the full URL is unbound.com slash books slash nail dash for dash eyes. So if you want to find out more about it, go and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have all the links up on our Twitter. We'll be sending that out a couple of times here, probably even before this show drops. So by the time people are listening to this, I guarantee they'll already be, uh, know all about what we're talking about here. But uh, it's just exciting <laughs> to have you on because the first time uh, Pete came up to us and said, you guys have got to check this one out. Um, we <laughs> immediately all ran over, started clicking links. And I, I'm just telling you right now, I immediately got things like, I'm a big video game guy, so I immediately got things like Shadow of the Colossus oh, and man. pieces of like just the art style and the the everything around that, just you know, artistic and dark and dreary, but somehow hopeful. And I, I loved everything I saw <laughs> about it. So, a uh, very Thank very you. big piece of work, man. And and we're excited to have you come on and talk about it. Cheers. I'm excited to talk about it. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, I mean, so for yourself, I mean, what was kind of some of the inspiration behind this? I mean, what made you say this is a, this is a project I want to talk about and the, a story that I have to tell? Oh, man. Um, it, that That's like, uh, that that's kind of a hard question to answer because the, the story kind of grew from its original sort of intention into this kind of, uh, this kind of sprawling epic that is now. It, it started off just as a short story. Um, it was just going to be a kind of illustrated short story, maybe, you know, 20, 30 pages, no more than that. Um, but it, it kind of, as I said, sprawled outwards. And, and the, the weird way that happened was that um, halfway through uh, working on it, when it was, you know, just this illustrated short, um, we got burgled, myself and, and my wife, although she was my girlfriend then. Um, they didn't take much, but they took my portable hard drive, which had all my work on it. Um, so all my stuff went, so I I basically had to start everything from scratch. Oh, wow. Uh, so I started this one from scratch and and I was, as I was working on it again, I I was like, oh man, this page, this one page would work really, really well as a comic. But oh man, I don't want to die. I don't want to do a comic. I've done a few of those things and those things are a lot of goddamn work. (laughs) (laughs) I have questions about that, but please continue. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just, yeah, so, so I was putting off as like, yeah, but this, this page would look really good as a comic. Just to do this page and then just that one and then you can do the rest as an illustrated story. And I, I did that one page as a comic and I looked at it and I thought, oh, shit, it works really well. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I'm going to have to do the whole thing. Oh, um, man. Well, and, screw and the bastards that broke into your place. But, man, uh, you know, the way to oh, work, yeah. way to relook at the work and, and see what – the other potential for that was that's amazing can i send them a nasty card that on the inside says in parentheses thank you oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> if you can find them yeah that'd be 
that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, I'd love meet meet like, them and you know shake them by the hand and I don't know. Like, hi, you're another asshat, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks, thanks, asshole. Basically, basically, <laughs> would be my response. But um, I mean, the 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 story itself it, it grew out of a lot of inspirations. Um, you know, like like. Uh, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and, and Tolkien and, you know, all the things that I read when I was a kid and Stephen King as well, you know, we've already mentioned him. Um, you know, a lot of William Blake and just all the people that I loved reading. But, you know, another big influence was the, the Gulf War um, was a major Damn. influence because I was uh, living in the Middle East when that was going on and I was um, 10 years old. So um, a lot of the kind of feeling in the story actually comes out of the feeling of being in the Middle East around that time. And then later on, you know, the experience of, you know, in the, in the wake of September the 11th, um, you know, the war on terror and the renewed war in Iraq and, and the, the, the kind of big shift in society around that time. It, it was the same kind of feeling that I recognized in response to all that. So I think it was it was that connection that kind of first planted the seed for the story. Um, and then it, it, it kind of grew out from that. I think I think that's the <laughs> the, the likeliest thread. But, you know, there's all sorts of other things working away in the background. That's amazing. That, that's absolutely amazing that all these, you know, you mentioned some of the most horrific moments in the history of our planet. And to have something that is so artistic and uh, beautiful come out of that is, is pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, that that's just a, you know, a very amazing thing to have some of those things inspire you in such a way to to be creative like that and you know where so many people are have are devastated by those things all these pieces that you mentioned but uh for you to come and see art through that is pretty amazing uh i mean these things are devastating i mean especially for the people who are you know directly affected by them um you know i mean i'm thinking of you know terrorist attacks and that sort of thing but uh, i mean I don't know, I guess as, as one thing that art has to do is try and grapple with these these big major events, these calamities, and, and try and not like turn them to some use, but but kind of try and give a kind of way of grappling with them, I guess. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know whether that was what I kind of set out to try and do, unless it was just on a personal level. But I think that if you have the kind of the metaphors or the, or the, the right kind of um, symbols to, to kind of help process these things, then you can grapple with them a bit more effectively. And, and that, that's really, I guess, what we need to do uh, um, more and more these days when, when there's so much upheaval that seems to be going on. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. But, Go ahead, Pete. And, and I think you're absolutely right. But, but I think that's, I would add, I think I would add in to the audience because i get the weird feeling that we're all on the same page here that stories that that's been one of the sh one of the seats that stories have always occupied for us so look at look at everything hans and wilhelm Grimm collected it was literally stories about don't talk to strangers <laughs> listen to your father listen yeah. to your father and mother you know obey the law etc so that's really all they were but mm. it's all the but it's all these you know, which is trying to abduct to abduct children and finding out, <laughs> and the children finding out that if that she's an evil witch when they find the 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 I forget which story it was, but they find the 
pot of severed children parts bubbling away in her kitchen yeah but then of course when she gets killed at the end then they just reassemble and they're fine they're good yeah <laughs> because you're not trying to scar because you're not trying to scar you're trying to tell you're not trying to just you know mystif just mystify you're not trying to just titillate you're not trying to just frighten you're trying to tell something there's a message yeah Absolutely. and that's the point of every story whether it's whoa let me tell you what happened at work today or <laughs> me or your explanation here versus why i was going to ask you the same questions that matt already has <laughs> because on twitter i swear at one point you said it's a love story but okay that's an interesting aesthetic and seems very dark and gothic <laughs> and then i read the synopsis <laughs> on unbound.com about the seventh or eighth paragraph like oh that title is probably really literal okay oh, yeah. love story i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna pretend it's a dark story if, if you like if you're in the mood for kind of light and happy and fluffy if that's the kind of direction that you're going then then i would say yeah it's not for you oh, basically no. uh, it, it is more much more of, of the dark side not in that sense but you know what i mean absolutely uh and if <laughs> you want there you go if i was gonna say we'll uh, we'll talk about some jedis later on if we need to get into the dark side <laughs> and light side of things here <laughs> star wars is coming up real quick all of a sudden so it's all good <laughs> um no that's amazing um so one of the big questions i have though um and i'll <laughs> defer over to marley afterwards if she has anything too but um you know, you've talked about all these different people, these amazing storytellers with Gaiman and Stephen mm. King and all these, you know, just amazing, uh, you know, artists, if you will, in their own right. But what was, you know, for yourself, you know, what were some amazing pieces for you that kind of helped get you started down this path of storytelling? Oh, um, in terms of comics, um, uh, comics, books, I anything. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, the, the one that, that, that jumps to mind is um, when I was a kid and um, I was reading a Batman comic. Um, I think I was about like uh, maybe 11, 12. I can't quite remember. Um, and and it, it was a really great Batman story. It was one about the gargoyle. It was a two-parter and it was absolutely fantastic. And I was, I was really digging it and plowing through it. And my dad came up to me and he said, oh, you like comics. And, I, you know. And it was like, yeah, no, this isn't news to you. This shouldn't be news to you, sort of thing. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like comics. Um, and he went away, and he got me. Uh, he, he got himself a, a copy of Art Spiegelman's Mouse. And oh. He brought that, and he said, "Well, you know, have a look at this and, and see what you think." <laughs> and so I read that. <laughs> Just like, wow. Okay, Dad. <laughs> Like you know, wow, that that was that was really like a, a massive kind of uh, gear change there from from Batman to you know. The, the, oh, it's a huge know, paradigm a, shift. Right Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge paradigm shift. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. But that, but that was the first time I'd, I'd read a comic, and it, and it wasn't like I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I when I was a kid, you know, the, the superhero stuff, I absolutely loved it, and I still like a, a love a good superhero story. But that reading that was the first time I, I thought, oh, right, you know, um, th this isn't just a really cool story. This is important. This, this really mm -hmm. matters. And, and, you know, the fact that it's in a comic, you know, it, it, that, that doesn't make any difference. It's still really a story that matters. And that, that was the kind of first time I thought, well, I, you know, I, I just, I really like the idea of using a comic to tell a story and, and not just sort of like, you know, just drawing the kind of, loving the superhero stuff but not kind of getting the idea that you know you could tell an amazing sort of 
big kind of story, I guess. Um, yeah. That kind of feels like I'm I'm being down on superhero stuff. That's not how I mean it. But no, it's just not different at all. types of stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that that was the first big one. That was that was the first sort of major like, oh wow, okay, that blew me out of the water. There you go. Um, but yeah, that that sort of thing. And then uh, <laughs> I remember learning about Dylan. I remember reading Dylan Thomas in English at school and doing uh, Under Milkwood. I don't know if that's one you guys are familiar with, but yeah, that was another one that just just blew me away. I love the language in that and, and just encounters like that with just people who can do crazy things with language and, and crazy things with images just just you know the, the dave mckeens and 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 that sort of thing I just, oh goodness I well i had to like I do a, i had to do a double take real quick so, uh how old do you say you were when your dad gave you mouse because oh i i you know i really can't remember but i was like definitely like way too young gotcha well because i was about to say i'm like is he talking about the one with like the nazis like the the mice like escaping as like because i know i've 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 seen at least one of those uh issues and gone through it and been like man that's heavy but and i was like man i bet you he was way too young then i think about it as you know uh there's a you know really famous quote that me and my girlfriend say all the time to each other from guillermo del toro and one of the best things you can do is tell a story um and talk about topics in the real world through a fantasy lens yeah. and it makes things so much more palatable and allows conversations to happen and yes you know so i for a second that i was like oh man this guy you know no man you know, wonder why he's so dark about love stories here and then it was like hey, you know that's probably the best way to introduce your kids to a very horrible situation that happened out there yeah. so oh uh, heck yeah <laughs> heck yeah Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean like, like like Pete was saying about the, the 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 grim fairy tales. Yeah, you know that those those things. I mean, they were all about you know like you know starvation and 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 murder and and all sorts. And, of oh, horrible. my parents are selling me to to a witch, or they're they're <laughs> leading me yeah. to the woods to die. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And like, and you know the like like you know all sorts of yeah. dark stuff. And and you know uh, uh, I mean I I'm not advocating sort of like you know teaching children that the world's a really horrible place but i also think that you know you gotta you, you can't sort of you, you can't hide away the fact that the world does contain some darkness forever you've got to kind of broach mm-hmm. that sooner or later and you know and as you say that that guillermo del toro quote that a fantasy is the is the best way to do that you can kind of present it in a way that's yeah, graspable yeah. Yeah. yeah you can grapple and 100 percent, and it allows our minds to process that in a way where that initial shock and awe of, of you know those horrific mm. you know moments in history and time are able to be thought about and processed in a much easier way but at the same time yeah. i don't think they're any less impactful which is why they're so important to tell stories like that so yeah. Well, it's like yeah. uh, the G.K. Chesterton quote where he says that fairy tales do not tell children that dragons exist. It tells children that dragons can be beaten. Mm. Yeah. You know, nice. that, I know that one. That's I great. Love, love yeah. that one. <laughs> He's you know, my favorite producer. <laughs> love but, that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Or even, or even simpler. You know, one, one big favorite. You've probably mo- ever, maybe not everybody's seen his movies, but I'm betting... I wouldn't be surprised if everybody knows the name Don Bluth. His movies, <laughs> yes. his movies are famous in and of themselves, but also because of his active philosophy being children can take any story you throw at them if you always give them a happy ending. And really, he really just had adventures that he that he told with his movies. 
mm. but they still had some, they, even those had messages, really simple ones. But I mean, an example of that and his philosophy is all dogs go to heaven. The cute little animated and mu music and dancing flick about doggies where our protagonist literally gets dragged screaming to hell. <laughs> Not a dream. I don't think it was a dream sequence. Like, I think it was implied that maybe it was a dream. Maybe it wasn't type of thing, yeah. even in oh, the I context know. of the movie. And yet, how does that end? He's even making he's even lying and cheating and that kind of thing. And how does how do we get to the happy ending? Not really because he vanquishes the, the villain, but because he stops being selfish. And that's not yeah. a complex message at all, but talk about useful. Yeah. yeah. You can go places yeah. when you don't just think of you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, oh, I'd forgotten that film. But yeah, I remember the end of it where you where you have that huge, you don't even see it properly. You have that huge kind of demon thing over the city. Like oh, yeah. Red. Like, like abstract type. Oh, thing. Was, I don't know how long it was since I thought about that voice, but you just got that voice back in my head. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> it, that was terrifying. Oh, I was. That's one of the few times I can remember trying to hide in the family sofa. Like, <laughs> but you know, again, even as simple as you know, obviously we don't know Bobby's fate yet. We either, we either, oh, literally yeah. the readers, that kind of thing, but. Not only have you already surprised me with the fact that, you know, okay, here's the story and what it is and the setting and what it is. And, and it feels so final. I'm tangent a little, but I swear I'm about to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that more to sure? reassure my director. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, but that even if he ends hard, you know, even if he has a rough, even if he has a rough finish, as he may, that's already surprised that it's, as long as you're implying that it's going to be, because that's a very final setting. That's a very final tale. So as soon as I read or heard volume two, like volume what? Really? <laughs> there's, there's what now? Literally there. So literally there's hope. Yeah. But even if he comes to a bad or just a final end, you're still, you have still let the readers literally know here. And we're going to spread that around that the feeling of his life and his and literally his neighbors mm -hmm. is that of what it was like growing up in an actual war zone. So even if the rest is just like, hey, here's something really spooky. Hey, here's something really gigantic and excite exciting as well. That's it. You've still sought, taught something important there because so many, even if that wasn't your intention at all, because... Mm -hmm. So many of us have no context other than we know war exists. <laughs> so many of us never even get to see a weapon in a weapon more complicated than a stick or a knife in mm. person or a rock. Yeah. You know, that that's it. That's we have no con no personal context. <laughs> and yet you can say, no, really, this is not based directly on my life. But the way they feel and the way these characters are processing this information is based on what it was like for me and my family and neighbors yeah. in this actual war zone. And yeah. that alone can be huge. Well, no, it's huge. Not can be. Screw that. It's huge because it's war. <laughs> and that's one of the biggest, most important things, you know, not best or, or, or worst, sadly. But, you know, it's still one of the biggest, most important things you can ever learn mm. about. Yes. And so uh -huh. you've already taught – you've already – you know, taught a good lesson there too, and you're not even finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I swear we're going to find something other than just gushing all over your work at some there point. You but 
Oh, I can live with it. Believe yeah. me, I'm, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I just, I want to okay. make sure, you know, we need to all go hit, you know, make sure we go hit Google and get in a couple more quotes before the end of it too. So we, we've had some good ones so far. Good, good one up and uh, one upsmanship here. I like it. Um, Marley, I know you also had some things you were hoping to uh, chat with Sean about. So I'm gonna let you run here real quick. Oh, it's it's my turn to gush. Yes, absolutely, your turn. Back back to your Excellent. gushing. Uh, <laughs> so my gushing, I mean, first of all, yes, the storytelling. We've we've been talking about that. That's so much there, and I I really feel like the artwork adds such a dimension to it. Thank you. Um, it's it's phenomenal, and it it just keeps reminding me of so many different things. Like there's. I, I really love surrealism. I love Dadaism. I love uh, yeah. some of the, the more um, multiple influence art that I'm seeing in the mixed media. And I'm just, I'm going over and I'm looking at the imagery again and I'm just getting sucked into it over and over again. <laughs> Thank you. So what really uh, influenced you to, for, for all of these different imageries and this, this, I, it's, oh. I, oh. Um, uh, I remember part of the answer. That, that, that's a tough one. <laughs> you had your um, I, th- I think. Um, excuse me. I. I it's. No. It's. That's. That's a really tough one for me to answer. I, I, I guess it was just feeling that this was the most appropriate way to tell the story, um, and and just sort of like a, you know the different art styles trying to use them not in a way where it's like okay now this this is happening so now i need to do it in this style because of this rule but more like listening to a kind of complicated gut feeling which says okay Mm -hmm. this has to feel like this what is the most appropriate way to go about that will it marry with all these other things and also just just having all these i mean you know and i guess on a kind of more basic level just just knowing all these artists that i really love and you know, just wanting to kind of get to know them better mm-hmm. by trying to um, you know do things in in their style, or you know, with something you know, the kind of in, my own style, but with a kind of you know infliction of theirs, yeah. or you know, a twist of theirs. Um, so yeah, you know, people like um, Alphonse Mucha and um, yeah. Arthur Rackham and, and Aubrey Beardsley. You have um, just listed two of my favorite especially. artists. I think he's absolutely fucking amazing. He's an incredible, incredible artist. Um, so people like that, and I, I've already mentioned William Blake. He's a massive touchstone for me. I, I I love Blake's work so much. I mean, if I was on a desert island and I could only have one writer's works, I would I would say mm-hmm. William Blake definitely. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just just what I feel is appropriate to the story, and maybe that isn't always you know. I don't, I don't know whether that's always the case because it is a gut feeling type thing, but it it's works just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. No, it works gorgeously. Like, I mean, I'm I'm looking over the prologue again with the crows, and just some of the imagery, especially with like the newspaper uh, <laughs> clippings, like and how they they're shaped, and the, your use of color, and I mean, it's it's reminding me, and this is going to be a little bit of a weird parallel because I, I this is a book, but um, it reminds me a bit of the book Thief where it's how like some of the imagery in just the writing, it uses all of these different comparisons to paint a bigger picture in some of her, her imagery. Um, And it's, it's like, and then 
I'm looking at this and this is like the visual form of that where there's all of these different things in the newspapers, you know, and the, the crow standing there on the roof shouting murder in big newspaper <laughs> headlines. It's it's brilliant. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm gushing, I'm gushing, I'm gushing. But I, it, it really, it, it gets a point across a lot deeper than just the text itself of murder that it, it's really good. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I mean, it was just that 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 whole concept was born around the time it was just after uh, September the 11th. Um, you know, after after the, the the dust had cleared a little and everybody was kind of picking themselves up and and essentially saying, well, you know, we're off to war. You know, we're back to the back to the Middle East again, and it, it really did feel like. Oh well, sh you know, shit. You know, you know, we 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 we've had this horrendous tragedy that's happened, and and for a little while it felt like everyone was going to kind of pull together, and that there was going to be this kind of like you know real search for justice after this terrible thing happened. Um, and then it was like, well, no, you know, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna drop bombs in the Middle East again, and it was that that so so sudden fall from kind of you know that this 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 event that felt like it was you know at least turning everybody in the same direction down to this, you know, if you're not with me, you're against me kind of mindset. And and the way the the a lot of the media seemed to kind of grab that and run with it. And and the the incessant reporting about terror and, you know, like like it it it, it just felt really kind of frightening to see that sudden sort of shift away from um what had been, you know, quite a, you know, it felt like quite a settled universe, you know, it was like the whole, you know, the end of history thing, you know, we, we don't really have any more work to do. We've got all the basics answered. It's all good. We're all going to be liberal democracies eventually. So it'll be fine. And then, you know, there was this, this, this event that happened and, and it completely took away the foundations. And then the reaction just, just seemed to further cement that, you know, that, that, well, no, we're, we're we're back in history. We're making we're making history again. We've got a lot of catching up to do. So no doubt, yeah. one step forward, three steps back. Sometimes with that, yeah, and a side settle sideways. <laughs> yeah, sideways, backwards, upside down. Uh, no yeah, shit. It was, uh, it was an ass backwards time, definitely. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But. I feel like I've totally drifted off the point. No, <laughs> no, you're fine. I mean, no, no, you're good. well, and that's the thing, right? Like these, these are the feelings that you're having during all of these pieces. Right. And I know yeah. uh, the creative process is something that is unique to every single person and what's going on. And I know for Pete, I know he's been dying to ask because we've all of a sudden been getting all this different media from you. And uh, I'll let Pete, uh, I know he'll be much more eloquent about it, but I definitely want to, <laughs> you know, I definitely want to hear more about, you know, all these things you're creating around it. Well, that's almost literally, that was almost literally my thought process as soon as I glimpsed the Unbound site, where if I, let's see if I remember correctly, because I'm also trying not to screen look and do this legitimately, darn it, but if I remember correctly, you said drawing and painting mm -hmm. and, photo and photography. Yes. Right. And you said sculpting as well. Uh, there was a little bit yes. of 3D sculpting that came into it, yeah. Okay, okay. And, and a soundtrack. A and a musical score. Like an actual musical score, not, yeah. not just written, but yeah. you know, but that you're arranging. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
<laughs> you remind me of Sir Kenneth Branagh here. <laughs> Dead serious. Because what year? I don't remember. He was on Late Night with Conan O'Brien to promote the release of the Hollywood theatrical release of Love's Labor's mm. Lost. Which was an odd thing, even at the time. Mm. And the way you remind me of him because of the way he put it. it because it, And Conan asked him, like, well, so how did this get made? How did you... There's not exactly a huge demand for Shakespeare, even though your Hamlet was, you know, very, was very popular, well-received. How, how did this get made? And he said, well, I took it to the studios and, sa <laughs> and said, I'd like to make a movie about Shakespeare's most hated play, really, and cut its running time in half, really, and make it a musical, really? Yes. Here's $15 million, Suicide Man. <laughs> so while I don't think you have that much of an uphill battle in selling your idea, I do have to ask, why? Dude, you know, that's, you know, when, the comics are so complicated. Let me quadruple down on that. But, and, yeah. when can I, and when can I buy more? When, when, and when can I get more? And where and why? But, but and seriously... Since I first looked at the Unbound site, before you, before you even so kind as to share the previews of the first <laughs> couple of chapters, I have wondered, how did you approach this as just, oh, okay, I'm going to make a magnum opus? <laughs> how, how did that happen? <laughs> uh, well, I'd, I'd, I'd basically done like, I'd done like three or four comics, so I thought, well, you know, shit, you know, it's <laughs> a bit of hard work, but yeah, Fuck it, it's just a few pictures and some writing, you know, what the hell? <laughs> uh, I, uh, man, I, I, I basically um, I basically just did, did nothing else with all of my spare time for about, I, I, you know, I don't know how many years, but a number of years. Um, like, I've, I've got to mention, my wife was so bloody supportive about it. Well. The amount of time I spent on this thing, she was, she, um, she, she was, she was the best and she still is the best. She's absolutely brilliant. But um, I did I did nothing else with my spare time for years. Actually, it got to be quite an obsession for a while. I got to got to be honest with you. Um, that's that's fitting. That, that's very <laughs> fitting. <laughs> but the, the, I mean, it, it started off. Um, do you remember motion comics? You know, that they kind of like made a little kind of flurry for a little while. It, it oh, started it's... off as one of them. Um, and it was just like, wow, you know, I was looking at a few of them and thinking, oh, you know, the, 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 the sound element, you know, it, it, it adds something to, to these things. I, I you know, I, I felt, you know, not necessarily the voices. I don't think you need the, the voices, but the kind of the sound effects and the music, you know, that it, it kind of draws me in a bit more, makes it a bit more immersive. I wonder if I could do that. Um, so yeah, I, I gave it a go and actually put the, the first few chapters of it online as, as a motion comic. I think they're still knocking about out there somewhere. It, it's, it's changed a lot since then, but I, I think they are still out there. Um, oh God, I hope to Christ not because you would feel terrible now, but, but, but the music was especially bad. I'm not like. A trained musician by any long chalk so I, I have to really kind of feel my way with that one and to be honest with you I, I don't know why I decided to carry on adding music to it except that you know I like tilting at windmills basically <laughs> um, but 
Huh. Yeah, I just, just tilt away, sir. Keep tilting, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I believe I will. <laughs> but the, the, the plan now is that uh, I'm going to do a, a live reading of it. Um, I actually did um, my first one um, of the prologue a couple of weeks ago as part of Book Week Scotland. Um, so I that noticed that. that. How how did that go? Doing a live reading a live reading of a graphic novel of all things. It, how, it went, how was it? It went really well. Uh, it did quite a good crowd, um, and uh, there were no technical hitches. The you know the the music and and because I I got rid of the words and it was just me reading it out. So in in a sense, it kind of shifted away from a comic and it, it, uh. it becomes more of a kind of stage piece with the the animated projections and the music and everything. But it's still. You know, the, the the panels still have center stage. So, to, you know, to me, it remains a comic with all these other things being kind of supporting. Um, but it, it went really well. The crowd seemed to really like it. Uh, got some really like nice questions from the audience afterwards. Um, and so that's that's inspired me to say, all right, well, hell with it. I'm going to do uh, going to do the full thing. So oh, that's beautiful. The, is the whole shebang, the whole sort of like first volume as a kind of uh, live reading. Um, so there'll be musical score. I've, I've already got the first, let me think, three chapters scored. Um, oh, wow. And I've got animations for the prologue. Um, and I've got plans for the animations for one of the other chapters. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, by the time the book comes out, that yeah, there'll, there'll be a whole live reading doing the rounds. And I'm, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a definite um reading of the first three chapters at uh, the, the, the the town hall here. Um, that. think. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I want to buy that. Please if, tell me that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there's a, a crazy part of me saying that, well, it could live stream it as well, you know. There you what go. The yeah. Throw it up on yeah. Twitch or something. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, but, yeah. I, mean, that, that, I, mean, I mean, there's tilting at windmills and then there's just like creating a whole shitload of <laughs> Okay, tilting at windmills and then being dropped off in the atlantic yeah to, definitely for sure <laughs> holy cow i'm already hoping we get at least one or two industry folk listening to this just so i can hear and or see the reactions of what <laughs> i have a sneaking suspicion that's what it'd be anyway <laughs> but if, if you guys don't mind, I did want to ask one quick follow-up question. Uh, no one's minding this conversation. I mean... I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> I have been looking forward to this. But back, away from the gushing, back to the actual interview. Uh, <laughs> I seem to remember that it was on Unbound as well that you had mentioned that, you're, that you had dropped the dropped writing the scoring, at least when I first no when I first saw the posting on the, on, on the Unbound, is the is the live reading what got you back into creating a score or was it something else? So how, how did that come back? Oh, oh um, I think that basically when I, when um, it went on unbound, um, my, my feeling was, well, you know, okay, people are going to read this. People are going to see the artwork. Fine. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident about both of those. No worries. But the, the, the music, as said, I've, I've got absolutely no training whatsoever. I, I picked up, I picked up a bass guitar when I was 14, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't flea straight away. So I quit, you know, you know, type thing. But, yeah. um, I, I, but, but, you know, I've been slowly picking my way and noodling and, and, and kind of working around it. And to be honest with you, I just, just, love doing the music uh, so much i, I re really really enjoy it when it all comes together um 
I think that I, I you know, I, I love visual art and I, I love writing, but I think that music can really get straight to emotion and feeling in a way that that you know, for all their their um, their powers, that those things can do in the same way. You know, um, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've read poems that I love and short stories, and, and you know, everything in unseen art that I love. <clears throat> but 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 you know, music. You know, when you when you listen to a powerful piece of music, it, it's 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 different. You know, it can it, it, you know, I can listen to pieces of music that reduce me to tears, or the, you know, you know, you need, you get the, the the hairs on your arms standing up and the chills and everything. It's that kind of feeling, and I I think it's. It's wanting to recreate that kind of feeling that kind of brought me back to the music nice. and, 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 you know, the kind of visceral immersion of it, I guess. Um, was there anything? And also just oh, thinking, ahead. well, you know, sorry? Oh, go ahead. No, finish. Oh, I was just going to say, and also that and just thinking, well, you know, fuck it, you know, in for a penny. <laughs> <and> for a <laughs> yeah. Let, let's just, you know, yeah, you only get one life. Let's, let, if we're going to be crazy, let's be really crazy, basically. I'm <laughs> like, like, sensing a pattern. I love it. I'm sensing a pattern, and I love it too. <laughs> while you were while you were working on any of these projects, I mean, you talk about the emotion with music and having that attachment through sound and those emotions through music. Was there anything you were listening to while creating these things, or while drawing, or sculpting, or, or any part of this that really kind of hit you and put you in those right places emotionally? Oh, um, yeah. Um, I think I've. I've I mean, lately, for example, I've been listening to a lot of um, Sun, who are a, a drone metal band. Um, that they're, they're some of their stuff. You know, uh, when I'm writing, I tend to try and listen to music that I think fits the emotional feeling of what I'm trying to write. Um, so, for example, when I was when I was writing um, a few parts of the the the, the other my uh, the other project we were talking about before, the the project about the Libyan War. Um, you know, I needed to create something that was kind of oppressive and dark. So I was listening to, you know, like Sun, as said, but also um, Ligeti's Requiem, the, the the really horrible, weird choral music, sort of like off kilted, like frightening, <laughs> for sure, atonal sort of stuff. Because I just sit there and, and you know, like you know, shit myself basically. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, no, this is this is really the feeling that I need to be recreating. So let let let's really immersed let, let, i really want to get immersed in it but uh, i think that um one thing that just occurs to me so i, I should probably mention it is that um the, the 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 thing that got me into thinking well maybe you know i could do some music to go with it was um one day um my, my wife's from finland um one day we were sat at um, home when we were living back in bristol and, and we were like what are we going to listen to we need to listen to something and she said oh well there's this radio program on about sibelius and uh, I said, uh, Sibelius, you know, okay, well, who's Sibelius? And, well, he was a, a Finnish composer. And it's like, okay, uh, you know, let, let, let's listen to that. And the, the program started and they said, we're going to play this song. And I'm going to totally mispronounce this. Um, they, they played this piece by him called The Swan of Tuonella. And it's about a, the, the swan that um, swims back and forth over the, the river that the dead cross in, in Finnish myth. Um, and the, the piece started, and it, and it just starts, if I remember right, it just starts with this, um, I think it's A, the note A starts in the low strings, so it starts in the basses, and then it goes to the cellos and the, the violas and, and everything. And, and it was just this, 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 this noise just comes drifting up out of the speakers. I'm mean, just talking about it, I get the hairs on my neck standing <laughs> up, and it just, just, just kind of comes out of these speakers like this, oh, little, like this 
sort of slow eruption of sound. And I was just hooked. I was just like, wow, this is just just the, the incredible feeling of it. Um, and and um, that, that really like got me. I, I'd listened to a few classical things before then, but that really got me into classical music and exploring like, um, you know, a lot of a lot of composers that I'd heard of but never actually listened to before. And I mean, I, I love like, you know, all sorts of music. You know, I'm a big metalhead and, uh, you know, electronic music and, and, you know, anything, you know, I'll listen. If, you know, I'll, I'll listen to anything, you know, if, if it's good, great. Yes. If it's not, then fine. But but classical music really, I, I just feel like it has this, this such huge emotional range, I guess. Um, so, yeah, listening to more and more of that made me think that, well, yeah. I don't know. I just want to try this. I love like it. Like I said, let's be nuts. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And I think that also, you know, th- that's one thing now, you know, you talked about two wildly different genres, you know, colliding yeah. into your art here with a classical flair, but metal inspirations. You hit, I think, you know, now that you say those types of things, I see it clashing on your pages for this book <laughs> in such a big yes. way. Um, and hearing the music you've uh, composed with it, I, I totally, I'm, I'm feeling that now. I'm, I'm sitting in that room next to you with that. And I, the fact that you were able to, you know, find those emotions and put them there on both visual and auditory media like that is, is amazing. So thank you for that, man. That is huge. That is so cool. Um, one of the things for me though, is I just, you know, you're doing this all by yourself. We've talked about it multiple times now, leaning into the windmills and going all in and just figuring out and putting the work on yourself and just absolutely being engrossed by the project and the work. What have you found it to be some of your, you know, like some of your biggest hurdles creating this right now? I mean, besides just the time factor of doing it alone, what what else has been out there that has really just kind of been a struggle for you as an independent creator right now? Um, well, the, the, the time is definitely the biggest factor. Um, money, that, that's always a factor. <laughs> there having, you go. Having, having, having to eat and, you know, you know, have a roof over your head, that those kind of inconveniences. Um, <laughs> little think, things, think, little things. Yeah, yeah basically. But you know, once you've got those covered, I think that for me, and I don't know whether this is the general thing or the you know it's just me, but but for me, the hardest thing is to kind of um, hold on to a feeling that you know this matters. Yeah, you know if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Like, um, if you're, if you're, I think if you're a writer, this is probably something that happens generally, and and, and with comics as well. You know, the, you know, if you're a musician, you get up and you perform your music. If you're an actor, you get up and you perform, and you know the crowd's right there, and you have that direct relationship. But if you're a writer, you you send the work out, and people read it, and they go, oh, you know, I enjoyed that, or you know, I didn't enjoy that, and you know, the the the, the, the two experiences are kind of separate. Um, so I think it can be kind of hard, at least in my experience, to to hold on to the feeling of enthusiasm. Um, you know, like like this is going somewhere. You know, um, so I mean, I mean that that that's kind of a double edged sword, I guess, because okay. it's got to matter to you, and if it doesn't matter to you, then it's not going to matter to anyone else. So the, all the times when I was thinking, you know, in, in all honesty, you know, it's it sounds sort of so sort of silly, but you know, oh man, it's never going to go anywhere. It's never going to see the light of day, and all that. You know, all the times you think those things. Yeah. You know, you can think, yeah, well, fine, you know, but 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 fuck it. You know, <laughs> that might be the case, but it matters to me, and so <laughs> I'm just going to have to dig in and keep on doing it. So and it matters. It, yeah. 
I love that. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. No, and you know, I think that one of those pieces around, you know, you hear all the time, it's one of those things you, you always ask people, you know, what kind of music do you listen to or what kind of art are you into? What are these pieces? Then everybody wants to define something and put a label on something. Um, yeah. For yourself, you know, really diving into every single aspect of this comic, visually, auditory, uh, tangible, even, you know, out there telling the stories. Um, do you, do you, I mean, do you see this as being some sort of specific type of media? Or are you hoping it kind of transcends that a little bit and it's just art? Yeah. I mean, I, I always feel that um, you, you do the thing first and then, then you name it afterwards. Mm. Um you know the, the 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 definition and the, the name always comes you know later on and you know you, you mean you know even now people still argue you know it's a comic it's a graphic novel and i mean you know for, for me it's like well i don't really you know in the nicest possible way i don't really care what it's called you know <laughs> it, it, it's it's gonna you know do its own thing you know Absolutely. i mean you know I do, I do get involved in these arguments about like whether it should be called a comic or whether it should be called a graphic novel. Not you know what I yeah. what I do, but generally, <laughs> it's just like why why are we arguing about this? Yeah. Let's let's talk about this awesome book or this awesome book. Nice. Rather than, you know, like, um, but 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 yeah, I, I I don't know on that one. I'm just going with my gut just okay. just feeling i'm just doing what i feel Good. i'm doing what i feel needs to be done there it is i love it yeah <laughs> it, it, hey it matters to you so it matters and that's that's the important thing yeah. we'll go back to we'll, we'll coach on gardner this time so um <laughs> <laughs> um for the for the book itself right so for uh the boy with nails and for eyes who do you mm. hope gets their hands on it? Like, which is there a certain specific person, a type of person, someone going through something? I mean, who do you hope gets their hands on this book eventually or sometime in their life? God damn, that's a good question. Um, it's a dark story, obviously, and and the title probably you know is, is a clue. Um. Just a skosh, just a skosh. But the more I reflect on it, the more I realize that the story also, you know, all these things about the Gulf War and all these other things, you know, it also grew out of a kind of way of dealing with, you know, very dark episodes that I've had. You know, I've struggled with depression in the past and um, the story definitely grew out of those feelings. Um that said, you know, I, I, I kind of would love it if someone who was in a bad place or was feeling, you know, like distant from the world, I guess, if, if they, they read it and felt that, well, this, this, this helps me to grapple with that feeling, you know, I, I, would, I would really love that. I would love it if, it if it found someone in the right place at the right time to, to make them feel... Um, Okay, here's how I grapple with this. There you go. Here's, here's a here's a symbol that I can I can use that's going to help me with that. I, I think that's that's what I I'd, I'd really like. Nice. Um, dragons can be killed. There it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Dragons can be killed. I think that's 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 the perfect way. That was Chesterton, right? Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I'm definitely going to remember that one. That's a great one. 
I love that. Um, I, and I thank you for that. I think that I think that's important, right? I think for anybody who's creating, I think for their work to just make someone feel is is a big piece. Um, yeah. Because you're putting so much into it, you, you're putting so many thoughts and feelings into that. So I, I really appreciate that. That's that's very uh, thoughtful. Thank you for that. No worries. Yeah, that's huge. I, I mean, can I? Could I, could I, I mean, one thing that I, I feel I should say, I don't know, um, yeah, is please. That, that also, you know, when you, when you make, I mean, this is my personal feeling, when you make something and you, you kind of send it out into the world, you you got to kind of stop there and, and say, well, okay, it's out there in the world now, people can do with it what they will, and they will encounter it and it will become something to them. I can't sort of stand over their shoulder and say, oh, by the way, you know, this is what this means, and this is what that means. Right? Yeah. Did you, did you notice this? Did you notice this? You know that? You know, and all that sort of jazz. <laughs> um, so, so I, I, you know, I think that I think that the work is always more 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 intelligent than the person who, who made it, because people bring their own thing to it, and 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 can kind of unpack different aspects from it you know people have said to me things about it and and, and it's like oh no i can totally see that that's not at all what i was thinking but that's perfectly like i'm totally happy with you to read it in that way that makes perfect sense so that's fine i don't think that i don't think that the author has any right to kind of say no it is about this and and you know no other reading is valid type thing I, i you know well, and I, I totally agree with you. I think that is one of the biggest pieces with any form of media and any form of artistry is the person who's creating it. Um, they can tell you, like, you know, I want to know where you were at and I want to know what you were feeling and all those types of things. But I don't think anybody's allowed to tell somebody what they should feel, why they read it or why they listen to it or why they see it, because those are so personal. And I, I totally agree mm-hmm. with you. Um, you know, you that little line right there, the work is more intelligent than the people who made it. I, I can't agree more with that because, <laughs> you know, uh, me and my girlfriend, you know, Megan, we've had very different lives, but we've also had a lot of tragedy and a lot of amazing things at the same time. And we can watch the same movie. We can listen to the same uh, music. We can read the same book. <laughs> and we come with back to each other after finishing it and just having completely different views and thoughts on every single thing that happened in it. And yeah, I, it's absolutely, I've never never heard it put that way but i don't think i've i don't think i'll ever be able to describe it any other way now than that so thank you for that sean that's amazing oh, no worries. <laughs> yeah the artist has has one reason why they put it out the viewer has another reason why they took it in yeah yeah, yeah totally totally yeah. and it's got to be that way otherwise yeah i, I think that would uh, like art that it can only be seen in one way makes for very very boring art <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Absolutely. A limited audience yeah. too. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, if if you can only see it if you're looking at it in this one particular spot, then who cares? Yeah. You well, know, yeah. there's only appetizer. one person in that spot at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Appetizers. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, man. Uh, so I'm going to just, we're going to kind of finish up a couple of questions here. I know Pete had something else and he's been kind of going in and out on us. It looks like you're strong and back connected there, Pete. I'm going to let you kind of take back over, man. I really want to make a strong bad reference now. That good <laughs> <enough> there. <laughs> I'm so happy that all three of you got that. Yes. Yeah. Read, viewers at home, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us at all for comics. <laughs> But just one more kind of kind of quasi process, quasi 
where do your ideas come from sort of question. So I apologize for that half. No, no, no. That's cool. <laughs> well, thank you. You did say that you're you're even having a hard time pinning down where exactly the story said, mm-hmm. you know, just started evolving from the short yeah. story to the epic at yeah. this point. <laughs> but the but really the angles of every facet of this graphic novel the visual the audio the (laughs) the main plot the narrative itself the protagonist (laughs) and the title (laughs) um there's so much that just that that would just be that i think would come up with so many interesting rejections from publishing company after publishing company for just like, how do you match that together? That doesn't match together. Get out of here. <laughs> so, so just really, I'm still curious about that in the sense of what's, even if you can't pin, really can't sufficiently pin it down mm-hmm. to full process, at least what's the either, how did you get to, okay, love story as experienced through a wars through a war zone, but, and but with this plot line that is absolutely an immediate death sentence for protagonist <laughs> that is actually the plot line of an a literal epic that has horror and fantasy and maybe sci-fi bits i'm still wondering about the behemoths and i love their soundtrack <laughs> but whether you can say anything about that or about the actual process or not what's the earliest then what's the earliest thing you remember about okay this this aspect belongs here yeah what like, like this just wildly different aspect from the rest belongs in here because i have to imagine <laughs> it didn't come into your mind all at once like oh there will be giant robots and there will be a boy going mad and there will be a war and <laughs> <laughs> but what's like what's the earliest oh, thing you can remember about the i guess the genre mashing yeah oh uh, I, I think that the um oh man the, the earliest thing that i can remember was um I mean, the the earliest thing I can remember about the whole thing was a visual image. Um, when when I was uh, doing English at A level, so uh, high school equivalent, um, we were being taught uh, about uh, English poet called John Donne, who was a uh, uh, one of the they were called the metaphysical metaphysical poets, mm-hmm. um, and we were learning about this this poem called the Apparition. And the English teacher said, "Oh, and by the way, one of the past students." painted a picture of the apparition and, and here it is, you know, it's on my wall and I looked at it and I was like, wow, that painting kicks ass. And it, and it really was like a really, really awesome, like painting of a ghost. Um, you know, it was, it was just, it looked like someone had basically taken this ink brush and just done like maybe four or five vertical lines on this piece of tissue paper. And the way they'd done it, you know, like, let's say you had this kind of eyes that were sort of dripping down and long scraggly hair. It was really simple, but really effective. And I was like, wow, how the hell did they do that? I want to try that. And, um, you know, every now and again, for a few years after that, I'll try and do that painting again. But, you know, when when you're trying too much to do another thing, it never works out. And so, you know, I was like, ah, screw it, you know, forget it. I'll do do other stuff. You know, it was a little minor thing. And years later, um, when I was at uh, university, I was um, watching um, a tool video. Um, I'm trying to remember which video it was. I think it was for Sober. Um, and there's a, a scene in that where one of the weird animatronic characters turns around a camera and he's got a, a, a sort of gray, rusty socket, you know, eyeball thing, and he's got a nail sticking out of it and this nail swiveling about. And it was like, oh, that's weird. Cause it looks like he's actually seeing things with the nail. It, it's not like his vision's impaired. 
And my brain just 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 took the two things together, this painting that I saw in the English class and the, the, the image of the from a tool video and put them together and, and this character was in my head. And I, I did a little sketch of him that night and said it's the boy with nails for eyes. Oh, um, that's dope. And that's that's so that's an origin story. That is the that is so dope. <laughs> and, and but after that it was like, well, you know, what does this guy do? And it was like, well, um, the first I thought I had was that he tells stories. And the original version of the story, he was going to, um, basically all the children of the town were going to come and visit him, um, the horrible gray prison of a town where it's set. And he was going to tell stories. Um, and I, and I was like, okay, well, that, that's fine. That that's maybe a nice device for a, you know, a short story collection, but I need an origin story for him. Like, how did this happen? And so it was like, well, okay, working back, you know, and this happened. So it was kind of working backwards from that. And then the, the origin story got bigger and bigger and the, the, the short stories he was going to tell just kind of dropped off and dropped off and dropped off. And eventually it was all origin story. And then I mapped that one out and I thought, well, what, what happens next? And actually, and um, don't want to give too much of a spoiler. Um, but yeah. in, in some, Please. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, 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 spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But, um, <laughs> In, in future volumes, there's going to be a different character that takes center stage. This character will appear in in future volumes of this novel, but um, she's actually going to be the central one hmm. as the story moves oh. forward. Um, so Bobby, the guy, who's, the, the, the boy who starts off, the boy with nails for eyes, he, he's kind of just just laying the groundwork, and it's another character that's going to pick up the mantle, as it were, and then and then carry the story on. Um, yeah. Oh man, I wish I could tell you more. Oh well, <laughs> honestly, I I think that is the perfect tease, though. Um, and I I want to just I'm gonna put a little pin in it right there because <laughs> I I think there's so much more to this story. I think this is something you know we've talked about it multiple times that people need to go and experience and check out. Um, and I want people to go and check this out because yeah. I have that feeling that it's gonna mean a lot to a lot of different people because I know for me, um, going through the first time and and reading it and seeing the art. It was so visceral. And then listening to the music when we got our hands on the tracks, it became so much more emotional on that level. And I had a trip back home right now. You know, I'm driving an hour and a half back from work and I just kept putting it on repeat. And listening to it through and through and through. Oh wow! Because it just well, that means a hell of a lot. Man. It that just really does. It, no, and and I'm I'm so serious. Mm-hmm. It changed the way I looked back at it because as soon as I got home, I went and read back through both uh, pieces that we had, and it changed where I was at while looking at this and reading this. And man, it, it means a lot. And I really want people to go and check this out. So, um, with that being said. I'm going to end it right there and we're going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to have the period piece on this one. Um, <laughs> Leave them wanting more. Absolutely. Um, but Sean, if you would one more time, where can people find you? Where can people help find this work and how can we help support you with it? Uh, well, you can find my website at uh, basementgarden.uk. Uh, that's basementgarden, all one word, .uk. Um, from there, you'll be able to find me on Twitter and Instagram and all those things. Um, the actual project itself is uh, at Unbound. That's unbound.com. Once you're there, you can search the boy and Nails for Eyes, um, or you'll be able to find a link on my website as well. 
Um, the full URL is a bit of a mouthful, so I'll just leave it at that for now. There you go. <laughs> really good at the selling stuff. I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. Um, and is there anything else mm-hmm. you would like to leave us with, Sean, for this piece? Anything else that um, you would want to just kind of leave us with, kind of tease us with maybe anything else besides that amazing spoiler you gave us too? So. <laughs> Just uh, watch this space. Uh, if if half the plans that I've got for the story come to like come to light, come to fruition, I, I, I'm, I mean, I, I think I'm going to be very pleased with it. If anything, like if I can pull it off just half as good as as I got it in my head, then I'll be pleased with it. So yeah, stick around, check it out. I, awesome. I hope it'll be special. Can't wait, man. I really can't wait for it. And uh, I know everybody on this show can't wait for it. I know people we've been interacting with. I on, want it on, in my hand. Ah, well, yeah. There's, there's. <laughs> a lot of yeah. excitement so i i'm so happy that other people that you're getting those same reactions from other people out there so um Thanks. thank you for yeah, that no it's awesome it's awesome people have been really cool with it good 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 and uh, yeah i ah, can't wait um marley where can people find you uh they can find me on twitter at marley cricket uh and they can find me here with yeah, us absolutely listening comics for all man uh and pete where can uh, the folks go and follow you at well at at all for comics on twitter i'm the the twitter minder and as i promised a certain mr certain mr laurie today too i'm going to be jumping in a lot more on our instagram as well nice 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 <laughs> and um i will and if i may be completely rude and say also and say you can also follow mr sean gardner at patreon.com s-h-a-u-n-g-a-r-d-i-n-e-r if you really want more because like he said it not only needs money as well as time but if you really want more there's things like abstract greek myth comics and (laughs) play and plays on the libyan war from 2011 in the war on the way too so help us help him make that happen absolutely cheers <laughs> absolutely no thank you guys so much for tuning in um and joining comics for all um remember wherever you get this show wherever you download it from make sure to like comment and subscribe and reach out to sean uh let him know you heard about us uh heard about him from us if you hadn't uh listened to anything or seen anything from him before um and let him know what you think of his great work once you go and check it out so we thank everybody for the time uh you can follow me at the big papa matt on twitter and more than anywhere at all for comics um follow us check us out uh pete loves chatting with everybody out there i get to go and through the, i get to go through the dms and just see the wasteland that he's created with all of the conversations <laughs> and just be like oh man that was really funny i wish i would have thought of something that hilarious good job pete uh, so thank you guys so much man we uh, are loving all of the feedback we're getting from the show thank you guys so much we hope you enjoy it and thanks to our amazing guest sean gardner today uh absolute pleasure thank man you having you on and uh, we can't wait to see more from you so with that being said thank you all good night and have a great one Have a good night. Good night.